What's up, everybody? We are live. We are back. It's uh, been a minute, but it's good to be back. Episode 28, here we come. Uh, we're going to be chatting about why the business funding marketplace is on fire and just catching up on a few different things going on. It's getting busy here. It's finally uh, finally springtime, Ty. It's about time, huh? No looks, looks like you've been uh, you've yeah. been enjoying the sun, huh? I got burned. It's brutal. It Where were you at? So I uh, spent the weekend at the Masters, which was really? fantastic. Yes. Oh, man, that is epic. So Masters there, a big, big tournament. Um, yeah, we'll definitely want to chat about that, get your feedback on kind of a big bucket list item for a lot of people there. Also, I was in Rhode Island at an event, and then you guys probably remember those tornadoes a week ago going on in that uh, in the Midwest, and boy, it was a tough time getting home, so we'll share a little bit about uh, that. Took my family uh, for spring break to the Grand Canyon, and that was became the cold Grand Canyon. So that's uh, what we've been up to. And uh, today's topic is going to be an interesting one. Obviously, we are all about uh, business finance, business funding, this marketplace of options out there. And interestingly enough, you know, you've got over the last year where stocks have kind of been down, crypto's kind of been down, uh, different parts of the country, real estate prices and high rates uh, have had an effect there. But as uh, Jim Cramer, not a guy that I you know, follow religiously after all the calls he's made that have not been right. But he, he does have a cute little saying where he's like, there's always a bull market somewhere. And right now, I believe there is a strong bull market in the case that it's recession-proof in the business finance space. We're going to talk about that. What are the options that are available out there for all you small business owners? And if you're in the business funding space, which a lot of you are that follow this channel, we're going to talk about how you can cash in on this red-hot space and make it work for you, all the different opportunities, things that are going. Um, interestingly enough, we also just had one of our uh, big partners drop by the office. He was talking about interesting things uh, with Turo. So it's just going to be an episode where we're going to dive into different things. What's going on? Where are the bull markets? Where can you win? How you? How can you cash in and kind of go from there? Ty, anything else you want to cover or lay out there as part of the agenda for today? Yeah, I think it's important that if we're going to talk about funding, we kind of separate, you know, what's out there for a brand new startup business, what's out there for an established business, what's the status of the employee retention credit, does it still exist? And then, you know, like you said, talk about different partners of partners of ours, what's working, what's not, different strategies, different ideas. So I'm I'm excited to dive into it here. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, let's uh, let's get going. Welcome to the Go Figure Podcast, created for parents and business owners who want to get their money right. My name's Leo Cannell. As a husband and father of five, I've been fortunate to create two eight-figure businesses in the fintech space. This podcast will share the values, principles, strategies, tools, and tactics that have helped us to build a fintech empire and provide an epic life for our family. Having been a parent and entrepreneur for 20 years, there's a lot I don't know. There's been a lot of failure. The good news is together, we'll find solutions to creating an epic life powered by a business that we love. First off, I'll just tell you guys a little, I mean, there there are a lot of events that are going on. And, and since uh, the, you know, the pandemic slowed down, uh, you're seeing more and more live events. And it's one of those things where as human beings, we love to be around each other. We love to connect with people who kind of have the same mindset, the same goals, the same ideologies. And so 
there are these amazing events going on uh, across the country, and and you and I have the opportunity to you know be involved with those, sponsor and speak at those. And so, actually, it was about uh, I guess it was close to not quite, but pretty close to maybe a week and a half ago. Uh, it was a weird week because we had all these events at once. And so I had an event uh, in Rhode Island. It was a real estate investor event. You and I are real estate investors, and funding is a big part of that. And so we went to Rhode Island, and uh, oddly enough, it was literally 15 minutes away from the breakers, like all these uh, big Gilded Age mansions, which was kind of cool. So if you go to Google and you you Google uh, the breakers, you'll see the Vanderbilt family, one of the uh, richest families in the country for a period of time, and then uh, they lost uh, most of it. Uh, one of the uh, descendants of the Vanderbilts is Anderson Cooper of CNN. But anyway, they built this magnificent home, just tremendous detail, huge 55-foot ceilings throughout this home like this, made of gold in all these different areas. But it was kind of cool checking that out. And and so a lot of Wall Street and the very wealthy, the Rockefellers, the Vanderbilts, that were in New York City, they would go to Rhode Island for the summers and they would have these summer cottages. And these cottages were massive mansions right there on the ocean. So we're literally 15 minutes away from that. And uh, just a really cool event, great group of people that are real estate investors. And we were talking about, well, how do you get the financing to make these real estate deals work? So great event there. And then uh, the difficult part was getting back home, Ty. (laughs) So we're in Rhode Island, and our flight, Scott and I are like, oh, our flight just got delayed three hours. And so we're going to miss our connecting flight in Chicago. And I should have just booked direct to Boston because there were direct flights to Boston, but I found out after the fact. So, you know, let that be a lesson. If you do have to go to Rhode Island, you should probably, you know, just drive the extra hour and a half from Boston to Rhode Island, but I didn't. Anyway, so we were going to miss our connecting flight in Chicago. There was nothing direct from Rhode Island to Utah. And so we're like, all right, cool. Well, we'll just change our flight to Boston. And there was a flight to Boston, to Chicago. We would have made our connecting flight. It would have worked out perfectly. The Turo guy was really cool. And he, even though I was supposed to park it in Rhode Island, he gave me permission for an extra hundred bucks to park it in Boston. Perfect. So we went to Boston and then we were all excited. We got on the airplane and then we were on the tarmac for over two hours. And about uh, two and a half hours later, finally took off and we were getting close to Chicago. Maybe we're going to make our connecting flight. Maybe we weren't. Hopefully, you know, we were going to. And about 30 uh, minutes away, we were going over Lake Michigan as you descend into that Chicago airport. And it was very turbulent. There were tornadoes going on, you know, around that area. And I literally felt like it's probably a good idea that we didn't try and land in Chicago or we might have ended up in Lake Michigan. So he diverted the plane, went in circles, and then he went and landed in Cleveland. So had to spend uh, the night in Cleveland. We uh, landed about uh, midnight, got to sleep about 1 or 2. And then uh, the only way we could get to Salt Lake from Cleveland was we had to fly back to New Jersey and go from Newark, New Jersey to Salt Lake City. So we got uh, we got on the plane in Cleveland, got to New Jersey just fine, and we got in the plane, and then lightning started happening. And so we were on the tarmac for an hour and a half, and then they deplaned us. And then the lightning went away, and then the plane had an issue, and then it got really hot. It was, was weird. It was like it was like 80 degrees in the airport because it was hotter than they expected. Anyway, we finally took off, and uh, 
and it was a turbulent flight going through. Even at 35,000 feet, like the tornadoes, the, the wind, the turbulence was strong. But we made it home at 3.30 in the morning. And uh, then the next morning, uh, you know, we took off about uh, 9.30 or so. My family and I did, drove down to the Grand Canyon. And a uh, great time, but it was 70-mile-per-hour wind gusts in the Grand Canyon. And uh, then it blew my daughter, you know, off this rock, and she rolled her ankle and tore her ligaments in her ankles, and we had to hike. I had to hike her back up to the top at the Grand Canyon, and then the next day we were all excited to go do some more hiking, and it dropped like eight inches of snow in the Grand Canyon, but uh, it did clear out the fog, at least you could actually see in the Grand Canyon, which was nice. And then we went through Colorado City and said hi to our polygamous friends there, because Colorado City's <laughs> got a lot of polygamous folks there. And uh, they do have a nice grocery store in Colorado City. Wow. So, yeah, really, really good grocery store. And finally, made it home. So that was, that was what I... Meanwhile, while I'm doing this, you had not one, but two events at the same time. Yeah, that was interesting. That was... Uh, by the way, glad I, you, I never, glad you I made never it home. That was a, <laughs> I was beginning to wonder if I was ever going to get on a plane again. I was starting to feel like John Madden, like, yeah, maybe planes are not <laughs> worth it. It's one of those where, like... Taking that whole control what you can control mindset and attitude to the max would be really, really testing you. But no, ours ours was kind of interesting because like you said, yeah, we had two events that people wanted us at and they both happened to be in Las Vegas, about 30 minutes away from one another. So flew into Las Vegas Thursday night, went and spoke at this event and then drove over to worry studios which is awesome it's oh something wow worry put together how many screens were in that thing i have no idea crazy. there was so many which it was awesome i i totally get why i want to say tony robbins was kind of the pioneer behind I that think so he had all these so. people ready for a live event covid hit he said we got to figure something out i'm not just jumping behind a zoom camera so they put hundreds of screens up and so he could feel the energy excitement it's like a full circle of these screens and it was cool. Like I, I totally cool. understand it. Yeah. It gave you in person vibes, in person feelings, emotions. Like it, it was a very, very. Apparently, it cost like twenty five million dollars. Oh, yeah. To put that studio together, and they'll rent it out for, I want to say like eighty thousand to one hundred and fifty thousand a day, depending on how wow. much staff they're needing and whatnot. Yeah. So kind of a a cool little business side hustle there for for Eric Worry, but very um, cool. No, so we were there with Lauren Lahav and, and her event for a few days. And it's a really cool experience to be a part of that. And sorry, Leo, I, I, I hate to admit we got on our plane and flew home and it was oh, like a 35 good, minute flight. Quick, no problem. Quick flight. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So that, that was really easy. And then, um, yeah, we turned around and Thursday, Ben and I went off to Charlotte to where we could then drive down to Augusta and enjoy the masters. Oh, nice. Nice. Masters was this weekend, but something, insane happened day one right um well it day one actually went through okay oh it was day they, two it was it, yes okay and day two. you're talking about the trees right yeah i mean when was the last time the masters had these monster trees just fall down and almost kill people you know just trying to watch yeah it was incredible that no one got hit i when i went back the next day and saw where the trees fell down which i'll say this you wouldn't have even known. Like the Masters grounds crew is so on the ball that those trees were gone, the stumps were out, and they already nope. had sod over. Wow! It. They had put little squares around, like don't walk on this. But like, yeah. you didn't even know they were right on it. Wow! Um, that's how you run a big tournament like that. That's how you run a big event, I guess. That's it's the nicest golf course in the world, so I, I guess it makes sense. But I, I mean, yeah, the fact 
where those trees came down, I would say 90% of the tournament people are right there. It just wow. happened to be the storm hit, people moved, no one was on the team. Like, it, it was a miracle that no one got hit by a tree. But I, my brother-in-law, he's actually in Louisiana right now. He's a forest firefighter, um, called me later that day and said, hey, be really careful because of how much moisture they've received. The ground's extremely uh, loose, and so when you get loose ground and wind, that's oh, when that it's sense. the perfect storm. And so he was saying, you know, check the, the lean, the tilt of all the trees. And so I was kind wow. of on edge because obviously that a tree of that size comes down, you're, you're toast. You're yeah, you're in trouble. Part of the master's grounds forever, so it's not going to. Well, not thank gonna. goodness nobody got hurt. And uh, then amazingly, they seem to stay on schedule too. I thought maybe they'd have to, you know, delay it another day, but. Yeah, we well, get back I mean, on schedule fast. Right when the tree came down, they they blew the horn and called the tournament for the day. But thankfully, the weather held off just long enough the next morning so that they could finish round two and then do the cut and get you know a few holes of round three in. And then miraculously, Sunday morning, Easter morning was just beautiful. Mm. It was a little cold, overcast to start the right. day, but they all finished their round and were able to get the entire fourth round in and, and completed before sunset on Sunday. Outstanding. So that's what we've been up to the last couple of weeks. Uh, events, uh, Vegas, Rhode Island. Uh, it was interesting. I was counting all the states that I went to in less than a week. And so, you know, obviously uh, Utah. Then we had uh, Rhode Island, Boston, Massachusetts, uh, Chicago, Illinois, Cleveland, Ohio, Newark, New Jersey, uh, Arizona, Grand Canyon, and then of course we you know for Easter we have to go to Idaho. So we uh, <laughs> we went to Idaho, had a great time uh, with my in laws. I always do a big uh, Easter egg hunt for the grandkids, and uh, so yeah, I think I did like nine states in seven days. Wow! Yeah. See, oddly enough, I did five. Oh, that's which because we drove to <laughs> Vegas the the week before for Taylor Swift, so we were obviously <laughs> right. outside of Utah. When you do that drive, you actually hit Arizona. And you hit Nevada, and then we flew to North Carolina, had to drive through South Carolina to then make it to Georgia. So I mean, a lot of epic events that we've been been a part of. Dude, what about that? You know, and for all of you out there who maybe aren't Taylor Swift fans, but let's be honest, most of you probably are. What did you think about that concert? I mean, it was at Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders play in Las Vegas, and there were 65,000 fans and she sang for over three hours. And what percent of the stadium would you say stood the entire time she sang? 90? I agree. I think it was 90% yeah. of the stadium, you know, stood the entire time. And like my daughter, most of them knew every single song. Like, you know, you, you think of different uh, athletes and influencers and Tony Robbins and people who have big followings that people will – you know, almost do anything to be in their presence. But I would have to say that maybe Taylor Swift is at the top of the mountain when it comes to what yeah. her fans are willing to do and how connected they feel with her. And then the other thing that surprised me as she was doing this concert is she literally, it felt like she was having a very intimate conversation with every one of her fans. And I don't remember, and I've attended you know, quite a few concerts over the years, I don't, don't remember the star communicating that much in between songs while also singing 44 songs for over three hours. I mean, that is taxing and straining on your voice to be able to sing for that amount of time with that amount of effort. And then her team, and then the special effects of that stage. She would pop up 20 feet and go down 5 feet, and 
you know, just different special effects going on every single song. Well, yeah, and the fact that her voice does that back-to-back in Vegas, flies to Arlington to sell out Dallas Cowboys Stadium three nights in a row, back-to-back-to-back, to do the same performance, and then... By the time she makes it to, L- to L.A., apparently she sold out SoFi five nights in a row. Oh, my word. Which is insane. And I, I, I don't think I told this story on, on the podcast. I know I've told you, but what blew my mind, like at a sporting event or a concert, if I've got to pee, I've, I've got to go, right? You, oh, yeah. You, you, you've got to pee. And so I'm, I'm looking at this line of women in line because it was, I would say, 80-20 women oh, yeah. to men at oh, this yeah. concert. So the women's restroom line was like... 50 yards long, Leo, and I'm sitting in in line to get, like, popcorn or a drink or something, looking at this line before the concert, like, oh, my gosh, thank goodness I don't have to do that. And all of a sudden, Taylor Swift, I don't know if she strums a guitar or the very first beat drops, whatever happened, chaos, dude, just Oh, no, she's going live. Within a split second, that women's restroom line was gone, just disappeared. And it's like, apparently they're down to just – hold it for the next three hours to go listen. And to this, I think they, I think 99% of them did. And so interestingly enough, the bathroom thing. So we were out there waiting and you know, men's bathroom. I went in and out, no problem. But then the, as I first went in the men's bathroom, there were literally, there were more girls in the men's bathroom, than guys, because Hey, they, they're not going to miss Taylor Swift. And so they're like, yeah, screw it. I'm going to go in and, and the stalls were open. And so my daughter was in line and she was going to miss the opening with Taylor Swift. I'm like, this can't happen. So I went and grabbed her and uh, carefully took her into a stall that was uh, empty there in the men's bathroom. So she could be uh, in and out, uh, um, so maybe some people think that's uh, inappropriate, but hey, it was a Taylor Swift concert, and that was what was happening. And so we got her in there, and uh, she sang every song. And uh, without a doubt, the most memorable experience of her life. Like she doesn't ever get emotional, but when we, uh, you know, with your help, actually was able to get her tickets for that uh, for Christmas. She was just sobbing. It was it was really awesome to take her to that, and she'll that's remember awesome. that for the rest of her life. So. Well, I was the one crying at the Masters, so it's all good. (laughs) And the bathroom situation was the total opposite, except they, being Augusta National and pristine, they had a guard at the women's restroom entrance to make sure no... No dudes are going in that one. Nope, you're waiting in line for 15 minutes. Good times. Well, guys, that's what we've been up to, so a good little catch-up. That's why we haven't been able to do episodes the past couple weeks, but we're going to be dialed in Tuesdays and Thursdays. Uh, for the next uh, several weeks until probably the second week of May when we will be gone to Orlando that week, but we'll be right back to it. So, you know, obviously, you know, we look at the last year, there's been different things going on in the economy. There's been just in the last few weeks, you've had these banks, you know, we talked about Silicon Valley Bank and what went on there. And and it's kind of spread to some other banks and whatever you raise interest rates that quickly, that fast, that high from, you know, you know, half a percent up to 5% in a very short period of time, there's going to be some unforeseen consequences. And if you're Jerome Powell, the dude at the uh, Fed who's making the ultimate decision on when to raise those interest rates, you can't always see what the effects are going to be. And so the effects have been, you know, it's uh, negatively impacted a lot of banks. It's put a lot of you know, a debt where you could buy these uh, mortgage-backed securities and not dangerous ones. I mean, these are all very conservative. The people are still, for the most part, very current with their mortgage payments. And that being the case, there's still been these these debt pieces now are worth a lot less. 
if you if you need to sell them before they're ready for maturity. And so that's put a lot of Wall Street, a lot of banks in a bind. And obviously, Wall, you know, stocks as a whole have kind of you know gone up and down. Overall, they've been negative for the last uh, year. And then uh, certain in certain uh, economies, uh, the real estate markets, the real estate prices have gone down. And so, but there's always a bull market somewhere. And so, you know, where are you seeing bull markets right now where there's opportunity for if you're a business owner, where you can cash in and capitalize, or if you're part of the business finance space? Yeah, I mean, I case in point, one of our partners came in today and, and explained what an awesome guy he is. how well he's doing with, with Turo, um, amongst a handful of other things. But he's decided, you know what? Yes, things are tight for a lot of people, but there's always going to be people that have a lot of money. And when people with a lot of money travel, they want high-end vehicles. They want the same G-Wagon that they drive in LA to be able to pick up at the airport in Salt Lake City and head up to Park City. So he kind of went in and understood, you know what, I'm going to go out and, and bite the bullet and rent these or purchase these very, very high-end vehicles that my auto loan payment may be 2500 to 3000 a month, but he said a lot of these vehicles, he's doing fifteen to $20,000 every single month because the high-end market hasn't really hasn't really tanked at all. I mean, I, I think a lot of the middle class have really slowed down their travel because sure. they're getting yeah. hit pretty hard with inflation and whatnot, but the wealthy are still wealthy and they're still traveling and they still want those high-end vehicles. It's interesting. It reminds me of uh, a video I saw with Alex Hormoz and he was talking about it. Listen, if you change you know, your dream client that you want to work for and your dream client now is, you know, in a different segment, has a lot more money, a lot more disposable income, and you focus all of your attention to serving that type of client, well, they're going to be less impacted by, you know, the price of real estate, uh, the stock market. Sure, it'll hurt their net worth a little bit, but when your net worth goes from, you know, 200 million to 180 million or, you know, 10 million to 9 million, 8 million, it doesn't really change their lifestyle. They're not going to really make any adjustments, they're going to continue to spend the way they do. And so if you do serve that luxury market, it can be very recession-proof. And if you're not familiar with Turo, it's T-U-R-O.com. It's basically the Airbnb of cars. And so when you travel, I mean, I just think back to a couple years ago when we went to Orlando and we, we literally had rented a van for the entire week and we went to pick it up and, oh, well, actually they were out of the vans even though we prepaid for it and reserved it, you know, two months in advance. And legitimately, we went around Orlando and we called and there was nothing. Because it was, uh, you know, right after the pandemic, it kind of slowed down, and Florida was the only place that was open. Everybody was going to Orlando. We couldn't get a car rental. And if you've ever sat in line, there is nothing worse than sitting in line to rent your damn car and filling out all their garbage forms and literally waiting. So we, we literally had wait, we waited in line actually three hours. We're, we're not able to get our car. And uh, so we actually just had to do Uber the entire time in Orlando. But then... You taught me about Turo, and I think you should like share how magical this is, especially when you fly into an airport. And so I've done this now in Portland, you know, Vegas, uh, Orlando, all these different areas, and it's a it's a life changer. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, here's an example. Last time I flew into LAX, which LAX is already a nightmare as is, oh, yeah. having airport. the thought of having to go sit in line for 25 minutes to try and get upsold all these insurances and this and that oh, to, yeah. it, not to mention to get on the shuttle to go to the rental car. it's just 
It's miserable. It's a miserable experience. I hate the sp- the time of getting off the plane to getting to your hotel is is one of the worst parts of travel for me. And so I I finally had a friend tell me about Turo. So I jump on Turo and there's tons of cars. These are individuals like you and me that say, you know what? I've got an extra vehicle or there's now people doing it as a business. I'm going to go buy these vehicles and put them on Turo so that people traveling can rent them out. But last time I went to LAX, the gentleman calls me up because I told him when I was landing. So he called me, said, hey, I'm right here at passenger pickup. Let's just do the swap. So I get my bag. I walk out to the curb. I jump in his Porsche. He walks over to the bus stop. It takes him to his other vehicle. I drive off, and it was just as quick as if my wife picked me up at the airport. Oh. But now I'm in the vehicle driving off, and I same thing. When it was time to go home, he got dropped off at passenger pickup. So I was able to drive right to passenger pickup, get out of the car, jump right to my gate. Give him a high five. Thanks, man. Done. Yeah. I mean, oh, so good. It, it's brilliant, right? There, there's no – you get way better vehicles. It's a lot less expensive. It, it's the way to do it. Exactly. And just like on Airbnb, you're both rating each other. Were you a good, you know, caretaker of the vehicle? Were they a good uh, host? And everybody does a good job, but they're hold, held accountable, and you avoid all that nightmare. So the bottom line is there's always a bull market somewhere. You know, Turo can be an opportunity. Airbnb properties can be an opportunity. And obviously, when you're looking to serve uh, a segment, what happens when things are good? What happens when things are bad? If you're in the business finance space and you're serving business owners, well, in good times, those business owners need money to take advantage of opportunities to grow and expand. And in bad times, down times, maybe like what we're going into now, they need money even more to be able to survive, to be able to stay in business, regardless of the the profession, the industry they're in. As a small business owner, they're going to need access to financing. And so if you're already, you know, working with business owners, then you should be helping them to, you know, access capital so that they can invest in you know, whatever B2B service or product you offer them. And if you're already a part of the business finance space, well, it's just a matter of building that niche up and connecting with business owners. Unlike, uh, you know, pretty much when it comes to marketing, most people just market in general, and you have to be very specific in who you want to serve. And so, for example, when we got started in business finance, we said, hey, we're going to focus on serving startups. And so when you're focused on startup funding, one of the things about it is there's like half a million new businesses started every month in this country. And what percent of them do you think are actually being served real financing options to get off the ground? Very, very few. I mean, they just don't know that they're out there. They don't. And and that's kind of how we started. I mean, we started and I was helping kind of the bigger businesses and commercial real estate. And I'm like, wow, there's, there's hundreds of thousands of new businesses popping up all over the country. And they go down to their local bank and the local bank says, now we can't help you. And I remember sitting down with a regional chase executive who was in charge of like five different branches in the Salt Lake area. And she said in each branch, about 20 business owners would come in looking for financing for a small business or a new business. And she would immediately have to say no to 17 of the 20. So maybe three, but really at the end of the day, after they dug deeper, maybe one or two. So we're looking at less than 10% of these new businesses are getting financing from the bank and less than 1% are getting you know venture capital or they're getting crowdfunding. And so legitimately 85, 90% of new businesses don't have very many options out there. And that's why startup funding as a niche 
is always going to, at least for the foreseeable future, need a lot of people to be able to serve those small business owners who are starting new businesses. And so that's that's what we focused on and the startup funding niche, regardless of what's going on in the economy. If times are good, people look to start business. If times are bad, more people are going to lose jobs. And if you lose a job, then you start thinking, huh, Maybe my job wasn't so secure. Maybe I should start my own business, and you're going to need some capital to make that happen. Yeah, and, and case in point, I mean, one of the big things that we're always talking about is it's it's way better to have the money and not need it than vice versa, right? And case in point, you look at it this right now, what if you would have gotten a HELOC? Even if you didn't need the money, you said, you know what, I might. Let's make sure it's there. Let's make sure it's available. Look at if you got a HELOC three years ago, what rate you would be locked into versus if you tried to go out and get a HELOC today, right? Same thing with with business loans, with lines of credit. Yes, tons of people still need the money. Tons of people are still taking the money, but inevitably, based on the economy, the, the rates and the costs have gone up. Whereas if you could have gotten that money locked in a year, even a year and a half ago, you'd be in a much better place today. So as a business owner, I think it's important to expect to grow to expect that you're going to need capital and the time to get capital is well before you need the money, Leo. A hundred percent. Yeah. By the time you actually need it, you may not actually qualify because times got tough. Your finances don't look as good. And so I'd say there's kind of three products, three type of financing products as a business owner, you must and should have no matter what's going on. The first being, if you can get a business line of credit, then you absolutely should have that business line of credit available, ready to tap into. The second is business credit cards. You should always be looking you know, strategically to connect with new business credit cards every single year. And that's kind of what we specialize in, right? Let's get you access to business credit cards with a 0% interest rate with cashback bonuses There's so many benefits, but you're not paying on it until you actually need it. And if you pay it off every 30 to 45 days, you never pay any interest. And most of these will have a 0% period from 9 to as high as 18 months for a business credit card. So you're not even paying any interest. So you can kind of strategically go through different rounds of funding, pay 0% interest, and get a new round of funding every 15 to 18 months in your business. And then when you get real smart, hopefully you're generating cash back rewards that can be you know thousands if not tens of thousands of dollars in free money that you just get in cash back rewards for using your business card when you travel to buy anything and then if you get real smart you use personal cards to pay as many personal expenses as possible and all of this leads to all this free money flowing into you so we talked about the business line of credit we talked about the business credit card and you just talked about number three like you should have a home equity line of credit available, already approved, that you can tap into if you need it. If there's a great opportunity, great. We're going to use it for the great opportunity. If there's an emergency, if times get really tough, then I'm going to be able to tap that very affordable home home equity line of credit, and I'm going to be able to stay in business, ride out the slow time, and find that bull market and get to the good times. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can... I've had clients in really, really tight scenarios where they're like, oh, if I get a HELOC, how do I pay the HELOC, Leo? Well, guess what? With your home equity line of credit, you can move $50,000 over to your checking account, and now you can pay the home equity line of credit monthly payment with that $50,000 so it can pay for itself while you get a flow and you start to get profitable and do what you need to do for your business. But, I mean, I, I think, like you said, everybody should figure out how to get 0% interest, cash back, bonuses, points. I mean, 
for the masters, I just buying my tickets and doing what I did, I got about $200 free money, just spending strategically. It's already paid off. So it's not like I'm paying any interest, but thanks uh, Amex for the $200. Oh, not to mention, I also flew first class there and back just because I used the credit card enough. I didn't pay for it, right? It's just the perks of using the American Express card. So, I mean, you're, you're missing out on opportunities. You're missing out on free money if you're not using a credit card. You just, the key is, it comes back to this always, you've just got to be disciplined with it. Don't go buy the new TVs and the things you can't afford, but use it for things that you need to pay for anyway and get the points. Absolutely. And then you've got to be disciplined. You know, if it's past the 0% interest period, you're either getting a new 0% interest card, so you're not paying interest, or you're just paying it off every single month. And, and you're using, instead of using a debit card that doesn't make you money, you're using that cashback reward credit card that does earn you money. And this is all part of getting in the game of taking care of your money. That's that's why myfigures.com has that great money management tool for you to manage all of your, you know, financial accounts, real estate investments in one place. And that way, if you're having your money date, which you should be every single week with you, your spouse, you know where your money's at, you know where your business is at, and you're winning the game because those things that are measured are those things that are improved. And that's why a money date on a weekly basis is so important. So obviously the other opportunity that's still out there that a lot of small business owners have not yet taken uh, the opportunity and they have not taken advantage of is that employee retention credit. And and a lot of you too, it's interesting. I was speaking, uh, you know, over the Easter weekend uh, with one of my relatives and she was, you know, asking about starting a business and getting financing. And I asked her some, I said, how many small business owners do you know? And she actually, well, I know quite a few. And I said, wow, that's awesome. How many of them, you know, had employees during the pandemic? And she's like, yeah, that they, you know, this one had five, this one had had seven, this one had eight. And in a lot of these areas, especially in kind of smaller areas or blue collar businesses, they don't know that this ERC employee retention credit exists. And it's this opportunity where if you had employees, you can get, you know, a tax refund check for just keeping those employees on board during the pandemic. And if you know these business owners, well, you can get paid, you know, a, a huge commission, two and a half percent of their refund in a commission just for introducing the program to them. And our team will make sure they qualify and do all the heavy lifting to take care of them. This is a huge way for you to actually, you know, make a lot of money over the next six to 12 months. And then, of course, when that uh, employee retention credit uh, opportunity expires. Well, now you've got some capital that you can invest in a new business, that you can invest in real estate, you can invest in a Turo business, you can invest in your business funding, um, you know, finance business, so many th ways to, to benefit. But that's a huge opportunity for the small business owner and to also get paid for helping the small business owner that is another reason why the business funding marketplace is on fire because of this employee retention credit. You're seeing it, right? You're seeing the ads. I mean, you were at the Masters. How many ads did you see about this? Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting there watching it, and one of the biggest names in the ERC tax refund, whatever you want to call it, they're running ads on the, the Masters TV state, right? What was that, ABC, NBC, whatever oh, yeah. it was on. Yeah, like ABC. They're literally running ads. I'm like, goodness sakes, this is... The, the money's there. The money is there for business owners to get access to, to stimulate the economy because of hardships that they faced. And the biggest advice I have, Leo, is too many businesses are disqualifying themselves. Look, mm. if you don't qualify, you don't qualify. Let a professional that does this all day, every day, tell you don't, you, you don't qualify. Don't disqualify yourself because 
chances are you didn't read the bill. You haven't read all the ins and outs of what what's on the IRS website. There may be something that you didn't even know existed that gets you qualified. So yeah, we're not going to push someone through that doesn't qualify, no. but don't disqualify yourself because chances are you're missing out on some money there. It's so true. And funny enough, you know, my we were at a soccer tournament uh, in Vegas, of course, and we're sitting there by our friends and my wife starts talking to our friends and, and lo and behold, they had sold a business, but they owned it in 2020 and 2021 when the pandemic pandemic was happening and now he's getting an extra fifty thousand dollar erc refund he had no idea and and my wife just shared it with him and lo and behold they qualified uh they had gotten the ppp loan so we subtracted out that quarter but he's pretty happy to be having an extra fifty thousand dollars he can use for business or investment really smart real estate investor guy on the other hand just exactly what you're saying my wife also was sharing this with our dentist and our dentist said oh my accountant said this is going to be a red flag with the irs i better not do it i'm like oh my goodness man i i know i know you could use some extra money and capital into your business right now and yet you're not willing to you know do the extra you know time and research to actually see if you qualify and to just make a decision out of fear that oh i don't want to be part of the irs's red flag well the irs uh, i mean there's literally millions of businesses taking advantage of this program and so it's not really as long as you worked with a reputable group that followed the guidelines you don't have anything to worry about and as long as you answered correctly and gave a real payroll report then you don't have anything to worry about the only people that have something to worry about are those that are you know doing unscrupulous fake reports which are you know the the, the law is going to come after them, no question. But everybody else, you're in the guidelines. And if you don't take advantage of this, it's just foolishness because this is an opportunity that will probably never be around again. Exactly. I mean, the IRS already knows what your 941s looked like from the previous quarter, the previous year. They know exactly. what your business tax returns look like. So the red flags are going to be if you had 20 employees and all of a sudden ERC comes out and you have 40 employees, right? That, yeah. That's where... Sadly, there's groups out there that are doing that, creating these fake employees and changing reports and this and that. And truth be told, they should get in trouble. I'm, I'm glad they're going to get in big trouble for that because that's bogus. But those of you that actually qualify, don't disqualify yourself out of fear because this was designed to help stimulate businesses, to help stimulate the economy. Don't disqualify yourself for that. And for everyone who's in you know, the business finance space and you're looking to grow your business, the biggest problem that you have is you don't have enough deals and leads because you don't do enough outreach. What will happen, one of the saddest things I ever saw when I first got into this, and uh, there was a fine uh, gentleman uh, in Florida, and I brought him on as a funding partner, and I taught him about the opportunity. And he went out there, and he got a good client, and he brought that client in. And then week after week, I do the training with our group, and he literally said, oh, I'm so happy with my whale his little, his big client called him a whale. And that whale ended up making him like $2,500 or something like that when the deal got funded. But he didn't keep reaching out. He didn't keep on finding new business owners to help. And it's so simple. I mean, we did a training um, with a strategy that uh, your wife Marie's been using where literally she'll just go to a restaurant and then send him a message on Facebook. Hey, really enjoyed, you know, your food. Have you, uh, have you gotten this ERC benefit uh, refund yet? And a lot of times they haven't. And she's helping these business owners and she's making a great, you know, uh, income by helping them uh, get this money. And she just continuously is reaching out. And that's the way 
that uh, some business finance professionals, this is going to be a huge thing that's going to change their lives. I mean, we've seen it uh, from some of our funding CEOs like Francois. He's made six figures in six months with the ERC. Some of our other guys are, you know, really taking advantage of this because they're constantly working on it every day. And that's how every business grows. You're constantly generating more clients, more demand, more momentum. And if you stop and you think, oh, I've got enough, I've got enough leads, then that's usually when, you know, things fall out. Yeah, and I think that goes for anything in life. Leo. It, it does. It comes back it to does. that instant gratification yeah. and, and how success doesn't happen overnight. And, and it's super important that we just continue to to work and work and work and work. I, I had that experience. I know I keep coming back to the Masters. It was obviously a super important thing to me. And I was telling, I, was, I went with my cousin Ben. And what's interesting is it's been about five years so five years ago to about this time, it was right around Easter, we were playing golf in St. George, Utah, awesome golf location. And I see this little gold, it looked, it was a ball marker, but it was upside down. So I see this shiny gold ball marker on the ground. I said, oh, look, I go pick it up and I turn it over and it's, it's the Masters. It's a Masters logo ball marker. And it was one that you're not going to buy it on Amazon. Like wow. someone went and attended the Masters and got that and lost it and I happened to find it on the golf course and I looked at Ben I said dude we're we're gonna go to the Masters one day and I put that into the universe and we kept talking and talking and you know year after year how are we gonna do it what are we gonna do how are we gonna get there and we finally now five years later both felt like we were in a financial situation to go out and and purchase a single day ticket to the Masters which isn't cheap it was about $2,800 just to go to one day not to mention the travel everything that goes into it but it was something that having that goal, having that vision, and then doing the things that we needed to do day in and day out to get there, that's how you achieve success. That's how you accomplish things that you want to accomplish. It's never, oh, I found my whale and, and I'm good to go. It's got to be day in, day out, a grind, a relentless grind at that. And the cool thing is when you have the vision of these big events, these things will just kind of naturally happen and, and, and occur to you, right? And, and for me, I wanted to, you know, I wanted to see Tom Brady play in person before he retired. And last year, you know, we had the opportunity to go um, do that. Was that Sunday night or Monday night football? It was Sunday night. Yeah, it was, yeah, Sunday, it was Sunday night, night yep. football, uh, week one. And uh, Tom uh, and the Bucks went out and played uh, the Cowboys. I was in a Cowboys stadium. Awesome, awesome uh, experience. You know, my, my daughter has been wanting to go to a great concert for years. And, and at, at a time where I didn't feel like it made sense financially, we couldn't do that. But now she was able to wait. She was patient. We were able to take her to Taylor Swift. I mean, these are the things that happen when you're patient. And then the other thing that will happen is there are really cool people you want to work with. Um, for years, I, I had watched Patrick Bet David, and, and we'd followed him and, and learned from him and his mentoring. And we had the opportunity to sponsor an event, speak in an event uh, right before actually he went up as the keynote speaker, meet him in person. Uh, he recorded a cute little video uh uh, funny uh, for my wife because uh, I told her told him that well she actually likes his podcast but doesn't like a lot of the Grant Cardone and the other type guys and so he liked that and so he did a, a funny little video but uh, it's it's funny these things will come into your life if you're putting forth the relentless effort they'll just you'll attract them but if you if you just focus only on them and not on what needs to be done on a daily basis to get there then you'll never actually have those experiences and that's what's cool you attract what you earn and what you reap and what you sow. 
and uh, some of those biblical principles coming full circle. Yeah, exactly. That's something I, I really have to remind myself of, Leo, is today's idea doesn't need to be executed tomorrow, but it needs to be acted on today. Like, you've got to start acting. You've got to start doing things that are going to put you in the position to achieve those goals, to achieve those dreams, and you've got to figure out how you're going to constantly remind yourself of them. For me, that ball marker that I found five years ago is still sitting in my truck. I, I've oh, I seen like that it. probably a hundred times from the time I found it to the time I went to the Masters, and that little ball marker means so much to me at this point, probably more than any ball marker I just went and purchased at the Masters, but I, I think it's really important as business owners we figure out what's going to help us stay relentless because that's what it comes down to. So figure out that why, figure out how you're going to stay relentless and, and you'll do exactly what you set out to do. I love that. Uh, what's your ball marker, right? What is that one thing that you can look at every single day that you're working towards that you know is not a one-time event? It's a process that you're going to work to and earn and attract into your life at some point. And so that's where you start thinking, well, what's the one thing I can do today that's going to get me closer, you know, to going to my bucket list event? I want to go to the Masters. I want to, you know, take uh, take my family to Playa del Carmen or on a cruise or to Disney World or whatever the case may be that means something really important for you and your family. Well, what do you have to do? What's the one thing you can do today that's going to get you closer? What's going to actually move the needle? And the biggest problem that we have is we fill our calendar full of all these tasks, but are we really working on high leverage tasks that are actually taking us where we need to go? right? Are we just doing something to make it feel like work that seems good? Or are we actually doing something that's going to translate and give us the opportunity to make the income, to build the business, to build the brand? Those are the keys that are going to set you apart. And if you're consistently working at them day after day, then all of a sudden, month after month, year after year, that's where you get to see really fun results and things can change for you and your family. So, yeah, been been a fun episode. Glad to be with you guys. On Thursday, we will have uh, episode 29. 29. Uh, the way we're going to do it moving forward is we're going to have, uh, you know, kind of a financial uh, topic on Tuesday that we talk about, that we dive into. And then on Thursdays, we're going to be doing the family, the freedom, um, economic updates, uh, what's going on uh, in the world, in the economy, how is it affecting you, your business, your life your family, et cetera. And so that's what's going to be going on Thursdays uh, here on Moving Forward. So if you have any ideas, you can always shoot us an email at info at sevenfigures.com or comment. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast, the channel, you should. Yeah, again, go to myfigures.com and get your money right because everything we talk about, obviously financial uh, capabilities have a lot to do with it. So, so get that money tracked sit down, set your money date. We definitely encourage you to do that. Set some financial goals. Again, myfigures.com. Go figure. Thank you for joining us on the Go Figure podcast. If you learned something that will help your business or family, take 30 seconds and give us a five star. If we added value to your day, then share the show with someone who wants to get their money right and be sure to subscribe to the Seven Figures Funding YouTube channel. If you're a business owner and a parent committed to getting your money right for your family, then check out the MyFigures.com money app with a free 30-day trial to manage your money, track your net worth, and build a profit-first business through our fintech platform. God bless, and we'll see you next time on the Go Figure podcast.